Two brothers, when united, form the Disney Majors, fighting the powers of evil with their mouths. Here's your hosts, Jake and Eli Hollingsworth. Hello everyone, I'm Eli Hollingsworth and I'm joined by my brother, Jake Hollingsworth. And welcome back to the Movie Majors podcast with us. And today is, we're sorry, we are a, we are a few days late, we've just been busy with other things, but we're back nonetheless, so not anymore doing that, let's get straight into it. So, we've decided because this past Wednesday we saw a certain movie, which we'll get to. It's a movie that actually came out yesterday, but we saw it early at a fan screening. So we decided that because we're doing our our Disney movie of the week, which is Fantasia 2000, and because we saw this movie, and because the other movie we saw was on Wednesday at a fan screening, which was Sonic the Hedgehog 2, we decided that we would just kill two birds with one stone and decided we would just smush these two together and do Sonic for the first half, review it, and then we'll do... Fantasia 2000 for our second half, and then we'll review Moon Knight episodes 2 and 3 whenever they drop, whenever episode 3 drops. Yes, which, mwahaha, we saw Sonic the Hedgehog 2 before any of you, so, Mario. Losers. Well, probably, maybe, I don't know, maybe some of you saw it at the fan screen, but, um... We saw it on a Wednesday, two days before it was supposed to come out. Yeah, so, uh, and it was a fun experience. I, it it was. was. I mean, obviously the movie is... Definitely uh, aimed at a younger audience. Yeah, basically, it does, it like, does I mean, go for it. The mere it a fact lot. that it has a PG rating obviously shows. Like, I mean, yeah, that, that alone says this movie is, you know, made for families to enjoy. And I appreciate it for doing yeah. that because not a lot of movies are doing that nowadays. Like, making a movie that is just, you know, clean, family fun for everyone to enjoy. So I can appreciate that. Well, doing that. I don't think, I don't think it's, I don't even think that Sonic the Hedgehog movie that's PG 13 would even really work that well. Well, I mean, you know, if you went a little bit darker or, or dug a little bit deeper into the actual, you know, lore of the Sonic the Hedgehog lore, then yeah, some pretty, you know... There is one specific character that I do think should be PG-13, but I'm not going to say who that is, because that drifts into spoiler territory. Spoilers territory. Okay, so this is, so this is, this first half is, we'll let you know when spoilers come in, but... Non-spoiler thoughts, because there's some really big stuff that we need to go over in the sports category. But here, I'll just read. Um, I wrote a review, and no, so this is non-spoiler thoughts for now. Yeah, I wrote a review, and so I'll just read what I said for my non-spoiler review that I posted on Instagram the night that we saw the movie. I said. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was definitely better than its predecessor. The visuals were stunning, the budget was clearly more expensive, and as a Sonic fan, there's a lot more to sink your teeth into as they pulled a lot more from the Sonic lore. The new characters are huge standouts, Idris Elba as Knuckles being my personal favorite, and Colleen O'Shaughnessy kills it as Tails as she always does. There were a few problems as in I thought the pacing was pretty disjointed at times and there were a few unnecessary scenes slash subplots, but as a Sonic fan this made my heart extremely happy. And when they first cast Ben Schwartz as Sonic, I was pretty disappointed. But he really shines at the blue blur, the blue blur, and I certainly think that he is a good Sonic. And I'd give it an eight point five out of ten. And what would I'd you give it, Jake? I give it. I, I didn't review it on Instagram, but I would give it an eight, an eight out of ten. Yeah. It's a solid eight out of ten. It's a good movie. It's definitely better than the first movie because it digs more into the Sonic lore than the original one did. 
And it also relies a lot less on Jim Carrey, and it relies a lot more on Sonic himself. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, the first one is still good. It's not a bad... The first one's not a bad movie. It's still good. It just has a... It's just you can tell that they didn't have that big of a budget, and they did, did the road trip movie trope. And looking, and they did kind of rely a lot on Jim Carrey for that movie. And this movie, in this new one, the second movie, they, they rely a lot more on the Sonic characters rather than Jim Carrey as Dr. Romani, which Jim Carrey's yeah. not in Robotnik I feel like, I feel is like, a huge, I feel like huge Robotnik, standout in this movie. I feel like... <laughs> that, was, that was funny. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like Robotnik in, probably maybe had like... Like, yeah, if you were to compare his screen time to Sonic's screen time, he probably had about just as much as Sonic in the first one, if not more, screen time. I think, like, yeah, I think they probably had the same amount, because he had his own little dance scene in the first movie that was really funny. With yeah. a wink at a camera, even, that I've noticed. Like, like yeah, we spent, we put a lot of focus on Robotnik in the first movie. And that's, again, that's because they didn't have as big of a budget, so they couldn't spend as much time showing Sonic. Sonic for the whole thing because it's a lot of money to animate that CG character. So, yeah. Uh, they had to focus on... That's what they had to add in the human characters. Which, and so... That's something that they do a lot of times for these video game movies adaptation. They'll take the character and they'll put them in the real world and they'll be like, hey, here's these new human characters that you've never heard of, but you're supposed to be, you know, uh, root for. But they do a good job with it in the Sonic movie making you care for the human characters just as much as Sonic himself. Yeah, I think that in the Sonic... Uh, the first Sonic movie... That's how they, they did that formula best, where they have to introduce these new human characters and they don't have to spend as much money on the CG character. Yeah. Like, the humans are kind of more the focus of the movie, and then the CG character is kind of, like, just an add-on, like, plopped in there. And I think they did that best in the Sonic movie because, like, you really do care about the human characters. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like they're just, oh, they had to add them in so that they didn't have to spend as much money on Sonic. It's like they actually, you know, they matter to the story. They actually are you know relatable they're interesting you can connect with them like it's 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 they, they definitely did it best in the first sonic movie and uh this one they're a little sidelines they do i do think that going in like this, that could be like in one issue is that like it is like a little bit like the humans were sidelines just so that they could put the focus on the cg characters and there are three of them in this movie plus a mystery fourth one that is in this film yeah but like yeah sure yeah not a mystery but a secret fourth one that's spoiler territory but yeah and so of course they but of course they do give them a plot for them to they have a reason so the human heroes have a reason to be there because like they have their whole wedding plot line which they which yeah it does kind of slow things down a little bit when they movie about sonic coincidentally but yeah i think i think maybe you could argue in this movie like Maybe they got a little bit too big for their britches. Like, they're like, oh, yes, now we have a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, so let's focus the completely on Sonic. So, like, the human characters get kind of sidelined. Like, I would have been fine if, I don't know, like, they didn't have to, I mean, like, yeah, they just, like, they spent so much time with Sonic in this movie. Like, it's kind of like they, they put too much focus on him, especially after the first movie where, like, Sonic wasn't even introduced until, like, what, 10, 15, 20 minutes? No, he was introduced at the beginning of the movie. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> he was still the focus of the first one. It's just the human characters also had their own plot line. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Sonic was the focus, but, like, yeah, the human characters had a huge part in the first... Like, they had just as much as a yeah. part as Sonic did. And, like, in the first one, they're such an essential part of the story. And then this one, they're, like, not at all. Like, the wedding plot line really had nothing to do... 
But I mean, you, I can't forgive it because they were trying to be more true to the games than the first one was. Because the big reason what the first one was that they wanted more set pieces inspired by the games. Yeah. And so the second movie, you get that here. They make it more true to the game. And even Robotnik is more true to the games because he's out for revenge against Sonic, even yeah. though he's a muscular man and not the big round egg man that we're used to. Even though Jim Carrey has been lobbying for Fat Eggman. And may, who knows, if, if he's in Sonic 3, which I think he's going to do, then I'm sure maybe we'll get Fat Eggman in Sonic 3. Yeah. If I, he's in it. I hope so. Like, yeah, with the big fat suit. And he also says he wants his mustache to be bigger, which I think should definitely happen. Because that's cause in, in the games, his mustache is, like, huge. Like, and it, would, it would also be a nice progression, because he goes from normal man in the first movie to evolve to evolve in the second one if they do it if he's in the third one which i'm sure he's i'm sure he's gonna do then he'll be fully evolved robotnik to where he's big and round and he has a huge mustache yeah like the huge huge mustache like his mustache in this movie it's pretty big yeah yeah but like in the games it's like ginormous it's like he well he's just a ginormous man in the games in general yeah um, so it's over all in all it's a solid eight out of ten for non-spoiler thoughts but my one, like, few issues is, of course, like I mentioned, that the human characters do kind of get silent. And also, and then there's a few too many, like, little kid humor throughout. And three, the movie repeats certain plot points yeah, it does. from the first movie. <laughs> that, does. I mean, that's not, like, a big issue, but it's there. Like, yeah. not, like a, that doesn't hold the movie back at all. It's just, it's just there. Like, the scene in, like, there's just one scene in Canada where Sock and Tails have to do something together. Like, that's, that's tying it into the plot, I can't say. Like, they do something together, and it felt like a rehash. Not, like, not completely, but they, it was different enough, and it still felt like a rehash of the bar scene from the first Sonic movie. And also, uh, at the end, in the finale, uh, like, the, the third act, if you just do a basic description of the third act in this movie, as opposed to the third act in the first movie, like, they're pretty much exactly the same. And then... Also, the fact like Sonic and Tails bonding, like is very it's a little, yeah, like it's the, a little similar. Like, like Sonic learning the power of friendship and stuff. Like it's it's he he already learned that in the first movie, which I guess it it, it takes the next step of friendship yeah. in this movie. But it's still you know because Tom's more of a dad type figure for him, and then Sonic going or friendship with, with Tails, and even Tails gets knocked unconscious, like how Sonic was knocked unconscious in the first movie. At one point, it's just it's just some certain beats are repeated, but it's not that big of it's 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 there, but it's not that big of an issue that drags the movie down in yeah. terms of quality. It's there, but it is there. Yeah. So now that's all we can say for non-spoiler thoughts. So if you have not seen Sonic the Hedgehog two, you might as well race your way out of here before we start talking about spoilers. Yeah. Oh, and also, and also, no, never forget. Okay, spoiler thoughts. Okay, so right off the bat. Knuckles is the standout character, I think, in this movie. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that wasn't a spoiler. The only I know. Sp- the spoiler thing about Knuckles is that he turns good, which we were all expecting anyway. But. Yeah, obviously. Because, like, Knuck- and also, of course, we're also going to get a series about him, so I'm sure... Well, I'm, sure yeah, which this- I'm interested to see what that's about, whether it's going to be set before or after. Yeah, I think it might be before the movie. Because uh, they established that whole, like, backstory plot. I'm sure they're going to dive into that. I don't know. I'd kind of like to see after. Like, I don't want to see young Knuckles. I want to see... Well, I'm sure we'll see Knuckles in Sonic 3. Which, which also, that, like, we need to address that. They did confirm that they're working on a Sonic 3. So don't be worried. It won't be a Spider-Man situation where we're like, are they going to do a third one? But Tom Holland, don't worry. There is going to be a Sonic 3. So, yeah. I mean, Knuckles is definitely the standout. Because he was 
absolutely fine. He is definitely like a Drax type character yeah. where he takes everything very literally. But like Drax, he is very, very funny. Yeah, he he had kind of that, like that Drax vibe about him. But did you like him better than Drax? Is my question. Oh yeah, totally. Really? I totally liked him better. Yeah. Well, now it just depends on how they use him because Drax. Um, everyone says Drax kind of turn, gets turned into a joke of a character after the first movie. Like everyone says in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, he's a little bit more serious. But then after after that, he just gets turned into the joking character all the time. Yeah. I don't think they'll do that with Knuckles. I mean, maybe they will, but I don't think they will. He could still. He'll probably still be the funny one because he's literal. But I don't think they'll go joke of a character. Well, I mean, Knuckles is kind of like a joking character anyway, like to begin with. Yeah. Like he's played for gags a lot. And this is the and also this is the character that everyone had been hoping to see in this movie. Like everyone wanted the Rock. Dwayne Johnson, the voice yeah, knuckles, which would have been awesome, but Idris Elba knocks it out of the park. I think it's Idris. Idris Elba. Okay, Idris Elba. He knocks it out of the park for this. Oh movie. yeah, totally. He I, was he was awesome in this. Movie. I thought he was yeah amazing because when they first announced it, I was like, hmm, I never would have thought of that. But yeah, I know. I, think I don't think anybody would have thought of that. I don't think he was on anybody's radar when it comes to voicing knuckles. Yeah, like I, I totally never thought of. But everyone Idris Elba. accepted it. You know, no one was expecting it. Everyone was hoping for The Rock. Yeah, I was kind of like, hmm, that's, uh, that was like, hmm, that's pretty interesting. I, I never thought of that, but I was like, Th- that's probably going to work. I think that's he's going to be a good voice, and he was. He was a great he voice. He was great. He was, the, he was the standout character in this movie, but he kind of overshadows Tails a little bit, but not too much. It's yeah, also, no, there also I was... He, I think he definitely does He definitely does. He does. He always overshadow Tails. Like, I just wanted to... I feel like Tails got more screen time, but Knuckles was more interesting. Knuckles was way more interesting. And Tails, but it's nice that they got the voice of Tails from the games to do, reprise the role here. Yeah. That's... Like, there was speculation that maybe they replace her in the, in the second movie, and some people petitioned for them to cast Tom Holland as Tails. But, <sighs> thankfully, they didn't do that, and they just kept her as Tails, which I, which I think was the smart choice. And that would have been weird. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Colleen, her name is Colleen O'Shaughnessy. That's her name. Yeah. And she's voiced Tails in a lot of the games and a lot of the, like, I don't know, TV shows, cartoons, whatnot. For, like, what, 10, 20 years now? Yeah. Like, yeah, probably about 20, 25 years. Like, she's been the voice of Tails for a while. Uh, so she's kind of like, you know, an original Sonic, like, voice mm. member. So it was really cool to have, like, one of the originals here in this movie working alongside the new sonic ben schwartz and then the new uh, knuckles which is idris elba yeah which again i really i really have grown to love uh ben schwartz ben schwartz sonic. is good he's very people say he's, he's very deadpool like or he's always quipping he's always joking about everything yeah and i i th- i think he's still very true to who the character of sonic he is it's not like a very like joking rebellious character and you can definitely see that here because the whole plot of sonic's movie is that he wants to of, of sonic's movie the whole plot of the Sonic movie is that he wants to prove himself as a hero. Yeah. And then what I think, what I think was clever was they took Sonic's map because in the Sonic map there was that Chaos Gem, or if I got well, Chaos em- the Power Emerald that was just an Easter egg in the original with like question marks on, it. and then they turned that into an actual plot point here. Yeah, like yeah, because I remember I thought that was a very interesting choice. A lot of fans were like pointing out they're like, oh, there's a Chaos Emerald on the little map thing that he has in the first movie, and then like. And they all said it exactly like that. Um, no, they didn't. Uh, like, everyone was pointing out, they were like, oh, my goodness, it's Chaos Emerald! And uh, I think even in the audio commentary the director mentioned, he was like, oh, there's some fun Easter eggs on that map there. And then now they're, they actually, like... like Made it into an actual plot point. Yeah. But I've grown to love... Because I remember when they first announced the movie, and they were like, Ben Schwartz is going to be playing Sonic. And I was like, 
a lot of people were upset over that because they wanted Roger Craig Smith, who has been voicing Sonic in the games, to do it. Yeah, I was like, no, don't you touch Roger Craig Smith. Like, I need him in the movie. Because everyone was, like, was... I was like, what? Ben Schwartz? The only thing I'd ever seen him in was the DuckTales, the new DuckTales game show. I was like, what? That well, that's not, new, not, not, new, not new DuckTales is amazing, though. So, but I, like, was, I was very That like, movie, alarmed. I'm surprised that that movie was as good as it was because... People were excited about it when they first announced it, but then they were upset because they recast Sonic with Ben Schwartz. Yeah, that was a very troubled production for that movie. <laughs> it was just kind of like, yeah, it was like, people were excited, and then they were not excited when they cast Ben Schwartz, and then there was the whole Sonic me- meow, let's just say, let's call it the meow fiasco. Which gets an Easter egg here, like in the bar scene, when yeah. Sonic, they take the stuff up of Sonic and Tails, which that actually kind of was kind of was a fun scene, where Sonic says, uh, meow. <laughs> Yeah, like they, they, yeah, I like how they a reference did that. to the meme. Yeah, and then well, that I mean, still, while well, I do think that that scene was a bit of a rehashed idea, it's still different enough, and it's fun. Where the Sonic and Tails have to do a dance fight because they do get to learn to work together. Yeah, sure, it's similar. It's a re. It's just, it's still a rehashed idea, and it's kind of like repeating how Sonic and Tails um, have to work together. Except it's Sonic yeah. and Tails, but it still works well enough. Yeah, it's like the forward momentum of the movie where it's like, let's go find this, you know, Master Emerald thing or go on this quest. And then they're like, let's stop for like 10 minutes and just sit more gags and just sit in this bar like and just do whatever. It's kind of like, yeah, it's a little bit like you could sit in this bar and do whatever. You could have just cut a lot of this out like. You don't. You don't need all of this. There also was that funny knuckle scene, like in Robotnik's Evil Lair, where he's he's like looking at intercepting Sonic's text. And he goes dot 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 dot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. That like was they funny. just look at him and then they're like, "Why do we have this imbecile?" Yeah. Well, because that's because he's literal. Like I'm surprised that they never thought of that for Drax. But at the same time, Drax never saw an iPhone, so that would so he probably wouldn't do that. Yeah. And so. And of course, the actual plot of the game is that they're trying to find the Chaos Emerald, which is the source of ultimate power. It can make your dreams, make make your thoughts become reality. And of course, from yeah, which I don't know if that's one hundred percent true to the game lore, because like I'm pretty sure it's not like, you know, your thoughts become reality. Maybe. It's just the Chaos Emerald. I think I always remembered it being like the Chaos Emeralds. It's like, oh, they're crazy powerful. It's People like, call them the Infinity Stones of the Sonic Universe. Yeah, it's like, which that's accurate. Ooh, they're crazy powerful. We don't know what exactly they do, but they're just powerful. That's what. That's kind of. Maybe they are. They said what they do, but like I just always remembered being like, it's just like they're, also, they're powerful, but I don't. I, I never learned what they do. I also like how they put all the Chaos Emeralds inside that one big green one instead of yeah. like having to trying to find. All of them scatter because that would be too similar to Infinity War. Well, either that was for plot convenience or it would be too similar to Infinity War, where they're trying to find all these powerful rocks. Yeah, because I mean, it had got out before the movie came out that Super Sonic was going to be in the finale. The Happy Meal was... toys for Sonic the movie ruined it. Yeah, and there was that set photo where it showed Tom and Maddie, and there was like this golden glow on their faces. It was like, I was pretty sure Super Sonic was going to be in the movie. And then, like, but the thing was, the Master Emerald in the continuity is different than the Chaos Emeralds. And in the games, the Chaos Emeralds are what makes Sonic Supersonic, which is Yellow Sonic, as you see in the movie. Yeah. So I was I was confused, because I was like, if Supersonic's really going to be in the movie, then are they just going to make him, like, use the Master Emerald to turn into Supersonic? Because that wouldn't be accurate. So I was pleasantly surprised when they had the Chaos Emeralds well, actually break out, out, and then they actually spin around. He did a classic thing for the games where they spin around and then go straight to him. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And that scene was really cool. That was cool. like the one of the best. That was probably one of the best scenes in the movie where 
he like completely goes super sonic and destroys Eggman's robot. Yeah, because and of course they had to like get rid of it as soon as they introduced it because like it's they too needed OP. they needed something for super sonic to destroy. They're like, oh wait, no. Well, they didn't say oh wait, but like. Now, if they if they kept Supersonic, then there would be no real obstacles for him to no. face. Which, unless they bring in Chaos, which is like a super powerful entity who relates to the Chaos Emeralds. I think they'll do, I think you, they'll do that. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know. Like who you're the big about. blobby guy. Yes, I know who you're talking about. I I think they should do that. Like that's the next logical. I'm step. sure they'll do it. After, cause like he could be the Thanos of the Sonic Cinematic Universe. Yeah, like I think Chaos should definitely be something that they build up to, cause that's a. Very. I I don't remember a whole lot about chaos, but he's just all I know is he's big, he's powerful, you know. He's yeah causes a lot of trouble. And well, then to have like kind of Eggman uh, in there in the mix somewhere, annoying, or maybe even team up with Sonic to help fight chaos. That would be cool. That'd be an interesting idea. Um, it also was cool. Robotnik had a lot more standout scenes. He was very true to the games because he was going out revenge on Sonic. Jim Carrey was. Just being, just Jim Carrey, he was just being amazing throughout this entire movie. Yeah. And then there was that scene where Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles, like, they'd ridden Knuckles over and went up to their side, and they had that epic money shot of all three of them standing on that rubble, and they all team up together to fight the big robot. Yeah, I really like that scene. That too. was a really good scene. It felt similar to the Spider-Men scene from No Way Home, but that was, like, a really well-done scene where they have all three of them team up. Just like It felt like that one game, that one Sonic game we played, the Orthodontist, where it was, like, those three team up as a those we team up in that one game that we oh, played. Oh yeah, that's like, yeah, I forget that was what game that was. I forgot what that was called too, and that was awesome to see. And then like basically everyone gets a moment, even though the human characters are silent. Human characters do have their moment, like a little bit, but yeah. it's mostly about this. It's mostly about Sonic and his and his pals throughout most of the. And movie. I was surprised because I remember there being a fan theory that was like, "Ooh, what if uh, what if Rachel's husband is a secret agent or something?" And then it's like. And I was like, oh, okay, crazy person. But that was actually what it was. And I was yeah, like, wow. exactly. Because it does make sense. Like, like, cause it, cause people were wondering, like, why, like, why would he marry her? Which you know, no wow. offense, but <laughs> like that's what some people are saying. Like, they're like, I bet he's a secret agent working for gun. I think people were thinking, yeah. I, I, although I think people were thinking he was working for Robotnik, maybe. Uh, but or no, yeah, I think it was gun actually. Gun, but yeah. And then it turns out that was correct. So I didn't expect to see the army guy back. That was a, actually really surprised that we actually saw the army guy back. Olive Garden the guy. The Olive Garden guy again. I'm just like, I, I, even Peter, I'm thinking to myself, oh no, the Olive. I'm like, oh no, the Olive Garden's back. Which I, the Olive Garden's. Back. The I'm like, oh no, the Olive Garden. Our Olive Garden references are back. Product placement. They, Olive Garden was like, yes, we'll give you our money. You mentioned us again, which I th- I always liked that guy. I thought he was funny. He was a funny guy. I was it was nice to see him again. Mm-hmm. And he gets some funny moments. And uh, Rachel, Rachel is her name, right? Rachel, Rachel got some really funny moments in this in this movie. Yeah. Tom, I, I I still don't love Rachel, but she did get some, she did have her moments in this movie. I didn't think I didn't think ev like all of those scenes like where she just like stand like yelling at people and stuff. Some of I didn't think that some was, that was like, a little over the top. But it I was, was I was like, Ooh, it was fine. It was. I did think there were some good laughs there. With that whole, yeah, there were some good laughs. Definitely. That whole thing with her and her secret agent husband. <laughs> that was funny. Tom, I think Tom trying to trying to win over her fiance was an interesting plot point because Rachel actively dispo- does not like Tom. So that was that was funny. That was funny to see how how that plays out. Yeah, I liked the uh, Green Hill Zone ringtone. Oh yeah, he has the Green Hill Zone ringtone. I know everyone flipped out when they saw that in the trailer. They're like, what? Which I was like, makes sense. 
But, well, duh. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really liked, okay, so speaking of that segment of the movie, I really liked that sequence, and I, I already talked talk to you about this a lot, but I really liked that sequence where Sonic is running on the ocean. That's a really cool sequence, him running across the ocean, trying to cross it. Like, I, I really liked that, and I'm really glad they didn't show it in any trailers, because, like, if you're making a movie and you see that, like, you see those shots come out, like, and you see them finalized, and you're just like... Wow, these are awesome. Then the trailer company's gonna be like, "Yep, let's put down the trailers because people are gonna be like, "Wow, that's amazing!" And it's like, and I'm glad that they didn't do that because it was a pleasant surprise in theater. I was like, "Wow, this is some pretty yeah. visually, you know, stunning stuff." And this shows how much the budget has grown since the first movie, where they were like, "Oh yeah, well, let's put him in a car, help him cross the country." And it's like a guy who runs a hedgehog who runs fast. So let's put him in a car. Yeah, it's like Sonic's like the main shtick of Sonic. Be, like the thing that makes him not a regular hedgehog, besides the fact that he doesn't look anything like a hedgehog, is that well, he looks kind of like a hedgehog, but not yeah, a little bit. Uh, is the fact that he runs super fast, and they're like, "Yeah, let's stick him in a car and have him cross the country." It's like what? Uh, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, but he'll be just in the real world." And this one, like, they're they're like they're having him run across the ocean. I also think they tweaked the Sonic design a little bit. No, I think it's I think it's still mostly the same. It's just probably updated. And like in this, and there was one specific shot. It was when Robotic first, like, crashed into his house. Not crashed in, but... Broke into when, his house. When Robotic broke into his house and, like, Sonic was sitting there, like... Or when Sonic was, like, uh, talking him down or stuff and they were, like, arguing and stuff. There was, like, one shot where I was just... I just was hit with, like, a nostalgia bomb. And I was like, whoa. That was the first time where I had, like, the full realization of that is Sonic. Like, that is Sonic the Hedgehog as we know him in the games. Like, yeah. He looked exact like there was. I don't know if it was the angle that they decided to film it at or whatever, but there was like one specific shot where I was like, "This is Sonic." It finally hit me because before it was like it resembles Sonic, but it's obviously not one hundred percent like Sonic. Like it's not like like if you compare Sonic to the games to Sonic in the movie, obviously they don't look one hundred percent similar. Yeah, like it's it's definitely like there's a, some big differences there, but. Like, there was, like, that one shot, and I was like, this is Sonic. Like, he looks exactly like Sonic. And I was actually, like, like he, he embodied, the design embodied how he actually looks in the comics. Which, speaking of, that scene was really cool, too. That kind of Knuckles and Sonic fight. And Tails kind of showing up randomly. Which, also, speaking of, they never explained, like, where Tails comes from, that why he's here. true. Like, they didn't, like, there's so many theories about, like, where Tails came from and what his mission was. Well, they say his mission was, like, to try and stop Knuckles. But, like, they never explained, like, who sent him. Which, I guess that's more yeah, like, like what? Thing. So what's, like, like, yeah, what's this village thing? His, what, his home planet? Or, they never explained any of that. He's just kind of like, I'm here and I've been watching you for a while now, Sonic. Like, it's, it's just like, what? Like, can, can I get some more explanation but i guess it's not really that important because as long as they explain it later i'll be fine but if like if they're intending to leave that open-ended so then they can you know fill in the gaps later that's fine like they he like he comes from a world where all the other sonic critters come from or whatever something like that yeah that would be that would be i would be okay with that if they explain it later but as it as it stands right now it's just kind of like they were like tails is here let's get him in the movie and then they're like oh but how did he come i don't know let's tails is in the movie who cares um so Let's get moving gotta get the plot like yeah moving. they're like they they don't i'd like to t- i would have liked it if they took a second like maybe cut out a lot of that bar scene and just have like 
Like, let's get some clarity on why where Tails, Tails is came from. Like, yeah, where did he come from? Why is he here? Like, like I know he's watching Sonic, and I know he wants to stop Knuckles, but, like, why? What like, is your reasoning, Tails? Tails. <laughs> tell what us is your motive? Tell us your ways. That's weird. So, all in all, it's still a very good movie. Well, there are a lot of fan service elements in this movie because it's pulling more from the games. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Also, the temple scene was amazing because oh. it's so true to the games. Um, and also, I love the fact that Sonic can't swim because it's very true to the games. Because in the oh, games, I Sonic, that. that was such a great plot point because Sonic cannot swim in the games. I'm so happy they paid attention to that. Dude, like the scene where he was helping Knuckles and he like sucks an air bubble. I was like, my head exploded. I was like, no way. They just did that. I can't believe they just did that. Because like that's how it is in the games when you're swimming underwater as in the Sonic and you like run out of air, then you have to suck an air bubble and like in order to get more exactly air. yeah it doesn't make any sense within the context of the real world like it, that doesn't make any sense but i was like i want to try that like now. as soon as it just happened like so quickly and i was just I'm, I'm, i was just like i was like wow they just did that and that was awesome so because like, I, I looked at, i remember i looked over at you too and i was like what so in the theater because it was great like i can't like just it's just little things like that that shows how much the crew really cares about the sonic Lore. Like, this isn't just a corporate greed thing where they're like, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog, really popular. Let's make some money by making a movie. And they just have no care in the world on whether or not they're accurate to the games or not. Like, usually it's like they're like, video game, really popular. Let's make a movie about it. And they're like, oh, but have you actually played the games? No. No. But it's popular, so let's make money. Like, you can tell that there's actually a real passion for the creators for the Sonic video games. And it shows on screen with how much they care for this, you know, this character, this lore, this world, and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it just really made my heart happy, because, again, like, it's a nice refresher, because usually it's just studios trying to make money off of a successful video, successful video game franchise, but this is actually, they're like, they take a second, and they're like, let's make the fan, you know, let's make the fans happy, and let's be true to what the game actually is sure there's differences and they have to you know they have to build their own universe otherwise they yeah if they just made it a movie and i understand that that they recast roger craig smith because if they just made it a movie about roger craig smith sonic Sonic, the hedgehog then probably people wouldn't well probably i think people probably would have liked it i guess no that's not a that's not about what of course it would make more money people would more people would go watch it but if they did that, then they wouldn't like they'd never fully separate themselves from the games. Like it just well, that's be true. a continuation of that Sonic, and it's just like so. I can understand why they didn't do that. Like it's better. It's probably better of them to make their own Sonic, and I do think that they definitely stayed true and they like they really care, and I I appreciated that because you don't get that a lot with these video game movies. Not really, especially Uncharted. Oh but my so goodness, what a terrible movie. All in all, it was a very fun. Success, successful. Oh, well, it is successful, but it, has it like was a, a fifty million dollar opening weekend. Yeah, it was a very fun, nice, very, very much better than its predecessor sequel, with a few repeated plot points and some juvenile humor. But all in all, it was a very good, very good movie, and it was better than its. It was definitely better than the first one. Oh yeah, I totally say that. And then there was the post credit scene. Oh right. Well, so keep so keep in mind after Super Sonic does his thing and destroys the robot, they leave. They intentionally leave Robotnik's fate very open ended because in case Jim Carrey wants to come back or not, they leave it open ended as to whether or not he's right. Which I'm sure, which I'm sure he'll come back. I know he's saying he might be retiring, but I'm sure he'll come back for at least one more Sonic movie because he wants to be Fat Eggman. So I'm sure he'll come back for at least one. 
one more. So we'll, have to, we'll just have to wait and see. So they leave his fate open-ended saying, no sign of Robotnik. No one could have survived that fall. But we see his agent stone friend disguised as a soldier. Friend. So it's very legend implying that he might come back. And I'm sure Jim Carrey will, will, will do it. But we'll just have to wait and see on that. Well, I'm, I'm sure he will. So, But then they also mentioned that when they were deleting all connections to Robotnik they had, they found this project that dates back to that they expect 50 years, and it's called Project Shadow, which means Shadow the Hedgehog is coming in Sonic the Hedgehog 3. And I'm like, let's go, Shadow the Hedgehog, baby. Yeah, I I got really. I am a that. I mean, big I, fan of Shadow. Shadow. Shadow is my favorite character from the Sonic the Hedgehog lore. I'm so happy we're gonna get to see him in live action. Yeah, I mean, I had already seen that uh, post credit scene leak out, so <laughs> I was already expecting it. I was like, oh, yep, here we're gonna get Shadow, and it was already expected anyway because Jeff the next- Fowler, the director, worked on the Shadow game. Yeah, so like, yeah, because I remember, I think I remember him saying. Either in an interview or something. In an interview, or he something. said there's a, there's a secret character in here that's very special to him. No. Okay. I saw, like, an interview or something, or maybe it was the audio commentary a while back. Like, And he mentioned that the first thing he did, like, in any sort of big industry ever, was working on cutscenes for the Shadow of the Hedgehog video game from, like, two, late 2000s, early 2010s. Uh, so I knew that Shadow of the Hedgehog was important to the director, Jeff Fowler. And I also knew that the fan, like, the next logical step, if you do Sonic the Hedgehog, and then you bring in Knuckles and Tails, the next logical step is Shadow the Hedgehog. Hedgehog. Well, I'm sure Amy's probably, I'm sure Amy's going to come in at some point. I don't know, like, if, might be too early for Amy, because, like, he's still a teenager. (laughs) That'd be weird. Well, I mean, it's, like you said, it's the logical next thing to do. I mean, if, if Tails has seen Sonic, I'm sure... If Amy's around, which I'm sure she is, she probably could have could have be watching Sonic too and like gushing over it, what? potentially. That is so weird. Tails did it. So like Amy has a crush on Sonic, so she's watching him all the time. Well, Tails, well Tails is weird. watching Sonic. I hope they don't do that. That'd be weird. She's like, "Hey Sonic, I'm in love with you. I've been watching you for a long time." He'd be like, "Sonic would be talking to," and he'd probably be like, "Okay." That's an immediate red flag. Uh, but <laughs> stalker. But yeah, okay. Overall, Shadow is definitely like if you're gonna do Knuckles as an antagonist, you're gonna need to do Shadow next. I think that the Shadow, and I thought the sh- Shadow scene was interesting because they stay true to his lore because he's a f- project created like over by like Eggman's ancestor. Yeah, because the sh- the Shadow story, if I can remember correctly, it was very it was kind of weird. Like it was like, um, it was it was Egg- it was like Eggman's grandfather. Yeah. Um, f- for like his his daughter was like dying of a disease or something, so then he like made he engineered Shadow f- as a as a way to protect her or something. It was very weird. It was a, it was very weird, but I don't know. If I don't know if they'll do that. They'll probably say that for a Shadow spinoff, which I'm sure that because they said they're building a Sonic cinematic universe, so I'm sure they'll do a Sonic a Shadow spinoff, which I'm which I'm sure they will. So of course, Sonic Headshot Three, they already confirmed it's coming. And we know for a fact that Shadow the Hedgehog is without a doubt going to be in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Shadow uh, the Hedgehog, let's go. So all in all, great movie. And with, with some, with some, with some, it was really fun to see this world again. It's a, with a few missteps here and there, some repeated plot points. Overall, it was a great follow-up to the, to the first movie and even better than the first one. And I'm definitely excited to see where this, where this Sonic the Hedgehog franchise goes next with the yeah. cinematic universe. Yes. 
Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm very excited. As a huge Sonic fan, I really like where this uh, franchise is headed. I think it's the best video game franchise so far. Probably, like, yeah, because it's, it's more most true to it. Like they, the the crew has a genuine love for this story. So I'm and these characters, yeah. I'm very excited. Uh, I I'm very excited to see where this is all going. So, uh, so yeah. now we will we'll take we'll go into our sponsorship that does not exist anymore, and then we'll talk about Fantasia 2000. All right, we're back, and we're ready to talk about Fantasia 2000. So, first of all, our behind the scenes nugget for today is that this movie was actually it came out in the year 2000, right? Obviously, because yeah. it's named Fantasia 2000. Dude, um, but. This movie was actually in production for multiple years before that. Not just the normal amount of multiple years that a movie's in production, especially an animated movie, before it comes out. Like, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years or something like that. This movie was in production for, like, a while, over a decade. Or wasn't even, didn't even go into production. I think it went fully into production in 1997, was when it was officially in production, and then it was released in, you know, 2000. But, um... Like, the idea, Roy Disney had had the idea for a while, and he was, like, pestering Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg about it. Like, hey, hey, remember when Walt wanted to do Fantasia and, like, wanted to make it a multi-year thing? And if you want to hear more about that, go listen to our Fantasia episode um, from earlier this season. Uh, we, talked to, yeah. we talked about Walt Disney's grand idea to make a Fantasia, like, every year. It was almost a year ago that we recorded that podcast. It's just insane. Yeah. Uh, so, like, Roy Disney was, like... Hey, hey, remember that thing that my uncle wanted to do? Can we please do that, please, please? And Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Getzberg were like, no, Fantasia was a flop. Stop talking. We're not going to do that. It's a dumb idea. And then, like, the the Fantasia, the original one, came to home release in 1991, and then it, it surprisingly made, like, a lot of money. And so then Michael Eisner was like, okay, fine. You can do your dad's Fantasia thing. Uh, or not your dad, your uncle's Fantasia thing. And then he started, and uh, the Bat Rhapsody in Blue short, the one with all the people in New York City, which is, yeah, in my opinion, by far the best one in this entire movie. Um, that was originally supposed to be like its own short, released like a few years before Fantasia, just on its own. Uh, but then it ended up later, of course, being a part of Fantasia 2000, uh, and it was just kind of like on and off production, just kind of like odd, jumbled stuff. Until 1997, when it finally officially went into production, and then that's when we got the movie that we know today, Fantasia 2000, or quote unquote movie compile compilation that we know today. Compilation montage. Better. I think Fantasia 2000 because we were pretty. I think we were pretty hard on the original Fantasia. Because it's like it's two hours long and it's just very boring. I mean, of course, it's classic music. Classic music in there, but it's just like a bunch of like random like movements to the music. I, mean, I guess it's supposed to represent like what the song is, but it's just so it's really just kind of not engaging. Other than the sorcerer, other than the Mickey short, and the Chernabog. I, my opinions have changed on on Fantasia since our podcast last uh, whatever. Um, Almost. Last. I'm not like now. I I've I've kind of changed my tune. I'm not like oh Fantasia stands. Why does it exist? Blah, 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 blah. I don't think it was bad. It, I, just, I just think it's boring. Because now I, I view it as it really is a beautiful thing that Walt Disney was trying to do to show that animation does exist as a true tried and true art form, not just like silly cartoons. You know, ha for children. Uh, that's something I think gets lost in a lot of stuff that comes out today and. 
uh, animation wise and i think that like it's it's definitely not my thing like i'm not gonna be like i'm i probably never will be like oh i'm gonna sit down and watch fantasia like never probably never willingly you're gonna will sit do down that. and watch two hours of fantasia like i'm it's because we were like, oh, I just don't understand why it can't just be a story. Like, what? Like, movies are supposed to be a storyline. That's not really not what it is. So, like, I guess if I'm working or, or doing something, then to have Fantasia on, like, in the background or something, sure, that's a... You have music in the background, basically. That's... You that's, do that. That would be a fine thing to have in the background. Like, just in the background. Not to sit down and, you know, take it on so as a full movie. I'd probably never do that. That's just not my no. taste. But to sit here and be like, oh, it's a bad movie because it doesn't have a storyline, which is not, that's not what it's trying to be. It's not trying to be a linear three, you know, three or five act story, you know, self-contained in its own hour and a half, two, two and a half hour runtime. It's, it's, that's not what it's trying to be. So for what it's trying to be, I could definitely respect and like appreciate all of the things that Walt Disney was able to do. With the original Fantasia, and I can appreciate most of what they were able to do in Fantasia 2000. Uh, although, because now I've definitely switched my position on, I think the original Fantasia is better than this. Really? One. Yeah. I. Yeah. But Rhapsody in Blue is a huge standout. Like, that is I'd actually, say it's a pretty good, de- good, de- de- it's a pretty decent sequence. I think Rhapsody in Blue. I'd probably say it's like. Obviously, Sorcerer, the Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey short is cl- it's classic. It's, it's just iconic. a classic. It's awesome. It's iconic. It has you know a nice it, and it even has like a nice little message and moral. Like that could be its own movie, and it was a live action oh, remake, yeah. but they didn't do at all the story that was in the original. Nope. And actually, that might be my favorite live action remake. The if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Sorcerer's Apprentice starring Nicolas Cage <laughs> and Jay Jay Burrishell, I think that's Jay Burrishell. A.K.A. Hiccup Haddock from How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> he was in that movie. It was a live-action remake, and it was not a... It also starred um, Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. <laughs> Dr. Octopus. <laughs> or some movie, people call him character actor Alfred Molina. That movie was kind of weird, but I I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was it was like the most creative live-action remake. Like, it, it definitely went out of its way to, you know, make different. something like, different. Yeah, it wasn't just like... Lion King, we're gonna do shot for shot, or Beauty and the Beast were like, do shot for shot remake, and then the stuff that they did add was like, look at this book, that can teleport you to France, look at that, huh? It's like, what? Uh, but like they actually made something new and inventive and different. I was like, wow, that's that's really cool. And I I like Nicolas Cage. I thought him and Jay Baruchel, I think that's how you, I, don't, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to say his last name. It's Burchell. Burchell. Yes. Like Bushel. Burchell. Burchell. Let's go with it. Burchell. Uh. Like, I thought they really, you know... You still haven't seen it, have you? No. You should you should watch it. I've been busy. And definitely, that, yeah, that's probably definitely my favorite live-action remake, because, I don't know. I really Maybe like I'll it. watch it whenever I'm not busy. But anyway... Um, I th- I th- the... The Sorcerer's Apprentice is obviously, like, the best one out of the... T- out of Fantasia 1942, and Fantasia 2000, like, the Sorcerer's Apprentice... Fantasia was, like, 1940, the original one. Yeah. And this the, one's, this, like, 2000, so it's 60 years later. The Sorcerer's Apprentice is obviously the best. Like, it's classic. It's iconic. It's nothing can top that. But I do definitely think that Rhapsody in Blue is a close second. Uh, I really like that short. First of all, because of the jazz uh, music in it. Second of all, second of all just kind of how they, like... Excuse me. I really like the story and, like, just the, 
the art style that they decided to go with for that particular short. That one was good. I liked the, of course, Sorcerer's Apprentice is always great. I liked the Donald on the Ark story that they uh, did. Yeah, I, that I, was, like that. I thought that was okay. I mean, of course, they wanted to give Donald his own short. I mean, we haven't graduated yet, so like all the adults who watch it are like, why are they doing graduation music to Donald Duck getting on Noah's Ark? And it's like, well, because <laughs> for me specifically, since I haven't graduated yet, I'm like, either. I'm like, I don't associate that music with graduation. No, so for me, like they, a lot of people, their perception on that short gets tinted a lot, I think, because it's, it's used in graduation ceremonies. And so people are like, what? I can't picture that with Donald Duck on the Ark. And so since we haven't graduated yet, I'm like, yeah, I, I, that, my perception is not tinted on that. So I like that short. It definitely wasn't my favorite. Yeah, it's like, not the best, but I think I think it was good. But I think the other thing with this one is that a lot of it felt even in Fantasia, even though I do find it extremely boring, it felt more better paced. And this one felt a little bit more rushed. Like they were rushing through all these shorts. Well, maybe 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 it's just because it was shorter, but still, mm. it just felt very rushed. Like they were just rushing through all these shorts just to get through them all. I don't know. I'd say in this one, I kind of liked them being shorter. But yeah, I am happy I wasn't like two hours and sixteen minutes. I did like yeah, least. I did like that it was a little bit more you know bite sized. Like in the first one, it was it was like two hours and it was what like eight shorts, nine I think. Yeah, so like each one was like ten minutes long. So you no, really they were to, way longer than ten minutes. Like you really had to commit to them. So it was like it just a lot. And this one, it's not as long. There's they shave off like half an hour, and the shorts aren't as long like there's no. more shorts so there aren't as many of them so it's a little bit more like digestible in my opinion yeah although i do think that the shorts probably collectively in the um in the original fantasia are better like they're just more memorable yeah like, at least at least they're more memorable because this one i completely forgot about the weird whales one which was so oh that, weird. that was the one i was just about to say there was one i was just about to say there was a short that i didn't even remember being in it and i forgot i forgot just then and then you said the whale one now i remembered it exactly like dude the whales one i didn't even remember that when i watched it like earlier like re-watching it for just the like, podcast i was like what is this? they they swim but they also fly it doesn't make any sense like and then the whale gets stuck in the cat in the ice cavern or whatever. Like, what? Did, I what? didn't understand that at all. They can still go underwater, like even though they can fly. It's like if they can fly, what's the point of going underwater? Or if they can go underwater, what's the point of flying? Or well, you know, yeah, yeah. But, yeah if they like, they're swimming in the sky, and they literally made the clouds like the imagery of them as if they were like swimming, you know, in the in the ocean with the waves, and they're like, you know, all that stuff. But it was like, like what? Why? Well, it doesn't make any sense. And that's, I think, a problem with Fantasia as a whole is that it's like Walt Disney and his group of animators, they're like, let's take these classic pieces of music and let's put visuals to them, which is a good idea in theory. But the point of the classical music is that you can interpret it any way you want. Yeah. Like, so everyone would have their own perception of what they're visualizing in their mind for these classical musics pieces of classical music and so when you put a visual to that immediately it's like you know restraining yourself because again everyone's going to view view it differently like pictured in their mind like like if you really want to visualize the music everyone's going to visualize yeah. it differently everyone's yeah everyone has their own viewpoint of how they how it look so it's like so when you start putting a visual to that like this is a group of of people's collective like vision they're they decided this is what we're gonna put to this music, and so like to yeah, make that much. like to make that objectively the visual to the music, 
I think kind of like cheapens the effect of the classical music in general because it's like it's meant to be interpreted, you know, in many different ways. So I don't think that I think that that is something that with the inherent like idea of Fantasia in general, that's a bit of a, you know, flaw in mm. the idea. But if you want to take it on, so like don't you can still like take it on its own terms and be like, OK, if this is the idea of the music, then. Uh, I, I did think that there were also a few, like, there were a few weird ones in here, like, weirder than the original Fantasia. Like, the Toy Soldier one, I didn't... That one was so weird. That I one, didn't like that, that one. One's a, that one's... Well, it is based weird. on a Hans Christian Andersen story. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, of course it's gonna be weird. If it's Hans Christian Andersen, you're gonna get be guaranteed some weird stuff. Oof, that's a, a weird man. So there was the Rhapsody in Blue, the weird whale one that we don't like. The, likes that. The Donald one, Sorcerer's Apprentice repeat. Was there anything else... Because I forgot. Uh, there was, forgot. The flamingo one I thought was fun. There was a flamingo one? The one with the yo-yo? I don't remember that. Well, I guess you just weren't paying attention. Maybe I, uh, maybe I wasn't. Um, and there, the flamingo one, I thought I liked that one. I think Eric Goldberg headed that one up, so... Oh, that one. Okay. That's. I, think oh, that's I remember Eric Goldberg. I just don't remember the, the yo-yo or the flamingos. Um, what was the other ones? There was... Oh, yeah, the... Uh, the grass lady one that one was fine. No, that was the one that ended it on. It wasn't amazing, but no, it wasn't. It's just kind of like, oh, uh, she. The original Fantasia ended. It was on like this. it was like the story of Moana, <laughs> basically. Moana. The the original Fantasia ended on Chernabog. This one ended on the and grass that, it lady. Ended on Chernabog. Yes. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, I, no, I think it was Chern- it was Chernabog, and then it transitioned into Ava Maria. Yeah, where it was just walking. <laughs> Just endless, just endless walking through a forest. Yeah. Which, that's what the Riddler sang in the Batman when he was, like, in his prisoner cell. He sang Ave Maria, the... That's what he was singing when he was, like, yeah. freaking Batman out. Um, there was also the Triangles one, which, you know, whatever. Yeah. Wasn't, like, anything too special. Yes. So, like, I think that, like, there were, like... I, in my opinion, there were huge standouts in this one, but also, like, as a whole... It's just, it feels very more... Cl- it feels a lot more cluttered together than the original like, one. It just did. wasn't as... It wasn't as, like, inventive or no. inspired... No, it really wasn't. ...as the original Fantasia I mean, was. I mean, this era of Disney is... That kind of summarizes this era of Disney... The post-Renaissance era of Disney that we're going into right now. From this movie to Bolt, that kind of summarizes... Like, some of these movies are very kind of uninventive... Like the, yeah, they're I mean, just not all of just, them. They're, they're just they're just uninspired. They just don't seem uninspired. Like all the Renaissance ones, even the Renaissance ones that are weaker. Not like not Renaissance films are bad. Like some of them are just weaker. They still felt inspired by something. Yeah. These ones that we'll be covering for if not as good as they are, they don't feel like as classic as some of the ones from the Renaissance do. Yeah, except for Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> Lilo and Stitch is like that is that's a classic which we'll get to Lilo and Stitch soon. Which an Emperor's New Groove is a cult classic, Emperor's but New I don't Groove know. If, awesome. I don't know if I ever say it's a classic. There's classic. some good ones in here. I mean, not, not. I mean, even but even the good ones, even the ones that are good, they're not perfect. But we'll talk about those later. Yeah. Or well, and then uh, Meet the Robinsons was well. That's kind of after. Was that after or before Bolt? It was before Bolt. Yeah, and that one is I love. Meet the I have Robinsons. not watched that movie in a while, so I don't really have any. Really yeah, have how any many times on. have you even seen it? Like once or twice? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I I haven't lied. <coughs> Excuse me. I have not watched it very much. I, I mean, I haven't. I don't know. I don't even remember the last time I watched it. I do remember. I know. I know. I've watched it. I just don't really remember what I, what I think about it because I haven't seen it in a while. I love that movie. Such. A Everybody movie. loves that movie. I, I just I, always tugs on my heartstrings. I was like, eh. 
It's so sad. It's so sweet. I love that movie. I'm so excited to get to that, uh, to get out of this rut that Disney went through. Well, we have this one, then we have Dinosaur next. But don't worry, after Dinosaur, we have Emperor's New Groove. Oh, dino- That's right. Next, next time is Dinosaur. Oh, yeah. we're, in the, like, we're in a pit. Like these, This one and Dinosaur, we're in like, a pit right now. Get ready. Movies. Next week, I'm going to rip that movie to shreds. Ooh, boy, you're going to be the media that destroys the dinosaurs. Ha <laughs> ha! Great metaphor. Uh, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I'm... I can't with that movie. It is just like the epitome of just bland, boring nonsense. Uninspired Because like to me, to me, a good cinema is a movie that like keeps you entertained, gives you an escapism from the troubles of everyday life. So you go on this, you know, adventure and forget about your troubles and just... Go escape from the world and just you know ex- experience this other world and go on this adventure. Yeah. Be immersed in a story, and you come out of it. Pro- the best movies you come out of it learning you know either something about yourself or something about other people or just you know learning a lesson of any kind. Like those are the best movies. And then Dinosaur is like none of that. It is like the opposite of that. It's just it's. This, uninspired this, it's early cgi it's like very early cgi don't like, save it for next week don't let the meteor come don't be the meteor that comes early save it for next week dude and i'm not i'm not gonna i don't want to overuse that meteor metaphor that i love so yeah you've already, it, you've already overused it i'm gonna use it again next week because it will fit next week anyway so all in all finish your 2000 i mean it's 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 okay i put this one on i put this one and the other fantasia just on part of each other i don't love either of them but I mean, but I still think that they're. I still respect them for what they were. What I, I still respect them because that's just what Walt wanted to do, and so I respect them for that. But I just don't really find them all that interesting. So I just put. I kind of just put them on the same level of quality. I think they're both okay. I don't remember when I scored Fantasia because it's literally almost been a year since we recorded that podcast, which is insane to think about. So whatever score I gave the original Fantasia, I will give this. I sadly do not remember what that score was. Maybe it was like a five out of ten. Maybe, I don't. I don't remember. Help me out. Let me know in the reviews if you've listened this far. But whatever I score the original Fantasia, I will give that same score to this because that's that's just to prove that I do put these on the same level of quality. I do think uh, I'd probably give whatever I gave Fantasia last uh, year, um, the original one. I'd probably give it like a. Um, probably a six out of ten because I, again I have a huge appreciation for what Walt Disney was trying yeah. to do. It's just it's just not like my thing per se. Not mine either. I have a huge appreciation for it, but not like uh, I'm not like dying to see it. So uh, I probably yeah I probably give that a six out of ten, and this I probably give mm, a f- five. That seems fair. Like Rhapsody in Blue is amazing. I don't know how we got that, and then we got stuff like floating whales in the same <sighs> floating movie. Floating whales. Like, the thing with this one is that the tone and the quality is just very inconsistent. Like, you have really high highs and just really low lows, or really just a high high. That's a lot of these movies. That's a lot of these movies in this era. They, a lot of them have highs, and they, and they also have lows. Like, in the original Fantasia, the quality and, like, the, uh, the, the, yeah, the quality was pretty much the same throughout a lot of the... Um, shorts in the segments. Nine on Bellbound was a standout, and uh, Stars of Apprentice, and well, there's a few other ones too. But um, like the quality was pretty much pretty consistent. 
And then this one is kind of all over the place. Very much so. so. Um, all in all, it's just, it's just it's fine, I would say. It's at least fine. I do appreciate it. It's this. It's not the greatest. Like this. No. Especially Fantasia two thousand. Like it's not. It's not really that great because it's not. Again, it's not as, you know, inspired as inventive, like fresh and creative as the original one was. It was just like, oh yeah, let's do Fantasia. Mm. And just like the celebrity cameos and which were kind of cringy. So a little bit. It's like it's just you know whatever. It's it's not the greatest, but again, Rhapsody in Blue is. Really, what makes this movie like? I will watch the entire movie for that one segment because it is so good. I love it. Uh, it's just very, very well done, in my opinion. So, those are our thoughts on Fantasia 2000. So, thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to go watch Eli at Hollingsworth Enterprises. Watch me at JVHTD as it was at Minecraft Madness, Hollingsworth Gaming, and the Movie Majors YouTube channel. Be sure to go check those out. Be sure to follow, be sure to go check out Eli's Against the Current Chosen podcast. You should also check out the X-Files podcast that I have with my friend Eli Spencer and the spectacular Spider-Man podcast that I have with myself and you'll, you'll hear, hear us real soon. soon.